So if you have a Bible, let's open it up to Hall of Fame passage, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we're going to be in verses 42 through 47. And if you will, please stand with me as I read God's Word in the presence of the saints. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is God's Word. Please pray with me. Father, thank You for Your Word. Lord, thank you that this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for the snow to replenish the earth with its moisture. Father, just thank you for your goodness found in your son, Jesus Christ. We just got to celebrate Christmas holidays, the birth of our Lord and Savior. And Lord, I want to pray as a Psalm of David in Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with a steadfast love and mercy, and who satisfies you with good, so that you, your youth is renewed like the eagle's wings. Father, again, thank you. And so this morning, as we focus on your word in Acts chapter 2, as Daniel said, a Hall of Fame passage, Lord, may we have ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, go ahead and have a seat. All right. Well, Chad opened us up with the, the New Year message, so I want to get a chance to say Happy New Year. So Happy New Year. You guys are all looking thinner already, you know? All right. Good. Well, as you know, we just celebrated Christmas and holidays, and a lot of us had friends and family uh, back home with us. We had our, our son, Stephen, who was home from school. He goes to school out in South Carolina, and uh, he went back this week on Wednesday, but on Monday, I took him to do a kind of a routine eye appointment checkup, so I uh, took him down to the uh, Mountain View Eye Specialist down there on Drake and Timberline. That's where we go, and, and as he was in with his appointment, uh, I was just sitting in the truck meditating to think about what, what, what do I need to share this weekend to our body? What, what needs to be the vision for the crossing in 2021? And as I was looking, I just, I just saw this man started to walk towards me about 50 yards off. Uh, he was blind, and he had a big, long seeing stick. And he was, he was walking towards me. And I was watching for about 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes, you can see that he got, something was going on. Something was wrong with him because he started pacing back and forth in this 20-yard span, just kind of going from left to right and right to left. And all of a sudden, he started to just, just to cry out because he was lost. He, he didn't know where he was. There were obstacles in the way where he thought he was on timberline, but there were obstacles, the snow, the ice on the sidewalks that took him off the path. And as he was crying out, he'd hear cars drive by, and he'd be like, hey, hey, help, help. People would even walk by, and I thought, surely someone's going to help this this man, and no one did. 
And, and so I got out of my truck, and as I was walking towards him, I, saw his, I just saw his emotions go from like, you know, frustration to anger to the, by the time I got to him, he was just defeated. And, and he put his head on the stick. And just as he did that, I, I, I walked up to him, and, you know, I said, hey, hey, hello, you know, hey, my name's Aaron. And as soon as he heard my voice, his head was lifted up, and you can, you can see his face was filled with hope. And he's like, oh, man, thanks for stopping, thanks for stopping. He says, man, I, I said, yeah, absolutely, how, how, how can I help you? Where, where are you going? He says, man, I'm just trying to get to Crazy Carl's for some good pizza, you know? And I was like, amen, brother, let me help you get there, right? And I said, and he said, I said how, how can I help you? He goes, well, can you, can you kind of direct me? I said, absolutely, I can direct you. He goes, can I put my hand on your shoulder? And you can guide me there. And I said, yeah, let's do that. So he did. He put his hand on my shoulder. <clears throat> we started to guide him. And, not, and I was kind of giving him verbal cues, you know, cues like, okay, we're about to step off the sidewalk into the street. Here's a stop sign. Watch the ice. You know, that kind of stuff. And we were just having this conversation. We got him the crazy Carl's. And, and again, he was so thankful. And I went back to my truck after, you know, I got him there. And I was just thinking like, man, if this is not a great illustration of what the church, what Christians should be doing for the world. You see, the world is blind and on a journey and looking to, 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 with anticipation to satisfy the longings, the desires that they have in their hearts only to get lost, to get frustrated, and to get defeated. And we as Christians who were once there, we were once blind as well, Physically speaking, spiritually speaking, we have the answers. We have the directions. We have the message, the gospel that will open up the blind's eyes so they can see. We can get them to a better place. In fact, we can get them not to a better place, but to a better person. We can get them to the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, that will satisfy their deepest needs, longings, and desires. And so today for 2021, as the Crossing Church, this is what we want to look towards. We want to look at four foundational devotions or commitments to the early church. We're going to look at the very first church as it was birthed, and we're going to see these four devotions. These four devotions show us what the purest form of what the church should be doing, what you and I, who call ourselves Christians, should be doing. Again, these are the purest devotions of any church to accomplish the two great commandments that we're called to in the New Testament. One, the great commandment to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second, to, to live out and fulfill the great commission to make disciples of every nation. This is what we want to be about in 2021. This is what we've been about since we began some 10 years ago here at the crossing. We have one mission statement. It comes from the Bible. It is to make disciples for the glory of God and the joy of God of his peoples. And we do that through three values. We, we want to love God. Again, this is our vertical relationship and which informs all of our horizontal relationships. So first we love God. That informs us how we live in gospel community with one another and informs us how to leave a legacy with those that do not know Jesus. And so Acts 2, 42 through 47, I thought would be a perfect passage for us to look at. If we want to be the church in 2021, if we want to impact our our individuals at work, if we want to impact our schools, if we want to impact our city, this nation, this country, this world, we need to get back to the basics, the fundamentals of the faith. And what we see in Acts 2.42 is we see the Holy Spirit-led community. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of people's hearts, saves them, and empowers them. The beginning is the church. 
In Acts, we know, is a continuation by uh, the author Luke. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, and in the Gospel of Luke, he recorded all that Jesus did. And then in Acts, what he records is all that Jesus is doing through you and me, the church. We know Acts 1 is the theme verse of Acts. He says this, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. To those living in Jerusalem, the ends of the earth is Fort Collins, Colorado. It's Colorado. We are the ends of the earth to those who are living back then in Jerusalem. It goes on to say that, that Jesus ascended after he gave that message to them. And then we see in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 13, that he sends his Holy Spirit, the greatest gift that he could send us, to empower us in faith. To those 120 men, women, and children in the upper room, he gives them the power of the Holy Spirit. And what does Peter do? He steps out and he preaches the greatest sermon ever preached. And what happens? The church is birthed. 3,000 people come to saving faith. They hear the message of the gospel, and they believe. And so we notice the flow. The Holy Spirit empowers believers. The believers proclaim the gospel message. People get saved, and the church is birthed. And the individuals make up this church, and they're all saved, salvation, but they're saved to something. They're saved to a community, and they're saved to a purpose. And it's through this community and this purpose in which the Lord does His will and works his magic, so to speak. Acts 2.42, let's look at it. And they devoted themselves. Stop right there. First we see here, there's four devotions that we're going to look at, but they devoted themselves. This word devoted means to continually devote. The, the verb tense is a present active tense. It's a, it's a lifestyle commitment. This is not just some short, temporary thing that you give your life to. This is something that you give your life to, to your final breath on your deathbed. This is something that you, that leads and guides and directs your life. This is something that you are constantly diligent in. You give constant attention to. What Luke is saying is that this devotion is what I'm going to give my life to. Again, now until I'm on my deathbed. It's a lifestyle of commitment. As I opened up thinking about 2021 and kind of turn the page from 2020, Jeremiah 6.16 has been on my heart, been kind of been what I've been meditating on these last number of days. And this is what it says in Jeremiah. It says, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you'll find rest for your souls. To, to, to those in Jeremiah's day reading that, they're looking back to Moses in the Old Covenant. Those are the ancient ways. But for us in the New Testament, a New Covenant people, we don't look back to Moses in the Old Covenant. We look back to Jesus, and we look back to His church. And so the ancient ways in which we look back to are the apostles' teaching, the fellowship or community, the breaking of bread, communion, and the prayers. This is what the crossing, this is what you and I are to be devoted to until our dying breath. And so that's what we're going to kind of unpack quickly today. And just real quickly, I'm going to spend bulk of my time on the first two points, then we're going to rip through the final two. And in between each of my points, we're going to have a pastor come up and pray over us and for us for 2021. That these are the things that we are devoted to, and we're going to begin by prayer. And so first we see the church. You and I are devoted ourselves to the apostles' teaching. We devote ourselves to God's Word to his story, to his, his revelation, to his will, to his voice. You see, the heartbeat of the apostles' message began with, with Peter after he was filled with the Holy Spirit is the gospel. It's the message of Jesus Christ, his life, 
His death, His resurrection. That redemption was secured by Him, by His performance and not yours or mine. And we look through the book of Acts, and we look through the rest of the epistles in the New Testament, we see that the message is not to have your best life now, or not five steps to defeat the giants in your life. The message that these apostles and these preachers preached was the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in that, if you believe that, then He will take care of you and you will live a life full of joy, even in the midst of sometimes trial. We see again, Peter steps out again, devoted to preach the gospel. Look at Acts 2 real quick, verses 22 and 23. He said he talked about Jesus being delivered, crucified, and killed. In verse 24 of chapter 2, he says he was raised by God the Father. Then in verse 37, he tells us how we receive salvation. We repent and believe in Jesus. And then one of the first acts of obedience is to go and get baptized. That's what consumed the apostles and the message of those in the early church, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see Paul carries on that tradition in 1 Corinthians 15, where he says that I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preach to you. For I delivered up to you up to first importance. You see, nothing more was more important than the gospel. And, and Paul wrote three quarters of the New Testament, three quarters of the New Testament. And he says, this is the most important thing I have ever penned. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 15, again, verse 2, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day. He appeared to Peter and to the apostles and then the 500. And you see, this is what the crossing has been devoted to since we planted was God's Word. This is, this is book. God's will is what leads, guides, and directs us. It informs everything that we do here at the crossing. And that's why the main focus on Sunday gatherings in our large group is the Bible. The majority of our time, we're going to be giving ourselves to the preaching, to the, to the meditation of God's Word. And then everything else that we do flows through God's Word. It gets filtered through God's Word. So how we, how we do Sunday mornings is informed by God's Word. How we, how we do life groups is informed by words. How we make disciples, how we love God, how we counsel, how we plant churches how we are guided and directed through a pandemic. God's Word is the Word that guides and directs us. This is what directs us. I love John Piper's quote about God's Word. He says this. He said, God has testified and God has taught. And we have the testimony and teaching in a book, the Bible. The Bible is the way to God, to ultimate and important reality. It reveals Himself to us with clarity and authority today. And I want you to see if you agree with his next statement. If God is more important than anything, then the Bible is more important than anything but God. Do you guys believe that? If God is the most important person in your life, then the, most, the second most important thing is his word, is his will. Do you believe that? This is what we believe here at the crossing. I know many of you do believe that. And so the question is, is your life devoted to the apostles' teachings, God's Word? Is this the grid? Is this the, the, the path in which guides and directs your life? And again, as, as I know many of you, I know it is, but the reason why we're coming back to it is because we can always grow and get better. We can always reorient our lives in the new year to say like, hey, what do we want to be about in 2021? And we definitely want to be about God's Word. So that's the question. How can we, as individuals and corporately as the church, be devoted together to God's teaching in His Word. Well, one, we're going to get back to going through books of the Bible. Next week, we'll get back into Exodus. 
And then once we get done with Exodus, we'll probably do a series on the church. What is the church? What is the ecclesia? What is the, the called out ones called to do? And then we'll get in this probably summer in the Psalms. And when we get to the fall, we'll either do Ephesians or Romans. And that's what we're going to be focusing on for the, for the next year. But right now, what can we focus on? Well, first, we need to be focused on the Word. And how we do that? Well, we've got to be saved. First and foremost, we've got to know Jesus. We've got to repent and believe in the gospel, in Him. And then, then He sends us His Holy Spirit. And then when He sends us His Holy Spirit, all of a sudden there's a hunger and desire for us to consume His Word, right? I know I look back on my own life, it's like I hated school. Anyone else hate school but me in here? Like, I know there's some learners in there, but I hate school. I, I, I did not like school. The reason why I did not like school is because it got in the way of me playing sports, all right? That's why I didn't like school. I didn't like to study. I didn't like to read books. I didn't like to put together sermons. Like I told you, I, I think up through my, in 12th grade, I only read one book from cover to cover, and that was The Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. Great book. I guess if you're going to read a book, that's a great book to read. The reason why I read it is because it was about fishing and it was short. So I was like, that's the book for me if I got to read one, right? But, but, but the Lord did something my senior year when I, when, I, when I saw my need for a Savior and I repented and trusted in Him. Again, like I said, all of a sudden my hunger started to change for God's Word. I actually started reading books without pictures in it known as Sports Illustrated, right? I did. I consumed the Bible, which is crazy because this is thousands of years old, but it, it was what drew me. There were, there were times in my life where I'd rather go listen to a sermon than watch a football game, which was like crazy in my world. But this is what happens when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your heart. He transformed me and my desires. And all of a sudden I started to understand His Word. You know what I'm talking about, Chris. Many of you, it's happened to you. He gave me a desire and ability to, again, be devoted to the apostles' teaching. His strength working in me. And so this week, I saw, I was like, man, if this is where it begins with the Holy Spirit, I started to pray, hey, how can I share and help our body grow together, both individually and corporately, as a church to the apostles' doctrine and teaching? And so I'm just going to rip through what the, the Spirit brought to my mind. First is be consistent in Sunday gatherings. Be consistent here at the church where the proclamation of the Word happens each and every day. Be consistent in life groups and journey groups uh, around individuals that, that this, is the, this is the book that, that guides and directs their life. Why? Because the men, the women that study this and you, you gather together, they, they spend hours meditating on it and thinking through it and then proclaiming it. And every, every man that gets up here proclaims his word we can learn from. When I sit there and learn from a Chad or a Beck or those, Rich or Daniel or whoever gets up here, I learn every week or I'm reminded every week of God's goodness and His encouragement in us. It's God's Word that propels and will grow. So be consistent. Second, take notes. Take notes. We, we, we've heard the stats that if you don't take notes and you hear a, a sermon or you hear a, a message, that you only retain 5%. If you take notes, it jumps up to 35% that, you remain, that you're reminded of, that you can recall. And then if you go tomorrow and share it at your work or school or wherever you go and you share parts of the message, that you retain almost 100%. It's like over above 75%. Secondly, be a Berean. Acts chapter 17, it goes on. Luke says that those that, that heard the word, it says that they, they were eager to, to hear God's word. They were eager to get to Sunday mornings in life group and hear the word proclaimed. It says then also they examined it. Individually, you, you, you take what you hear from us, you take it home, and then you meditate. You go over it. You let the Spirit guide and direct you as you meditate over God's Word. And then finally, write it on your doorposts. 
right all over your house. I love our house. One, because like I said, my wife and kids there, they live there. That's why I love it. But also, my wife does a great job. In almost every room, we have scripture put up in all every room. It's constantly before us, whether it's in little pictures or whether it's written on chalkboards. So write it on your doorpost. Write it in your home. This is how we can be devoted to God's word together, both corporately and individually. I love what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, when we're devoted to to God's word, there's some things that happen. There's some implications in our lives that will happen. And he says this, if a person's Bible is falling apart, meaning they're devoted to it, they're devouring it, they're meditating on it. If a person's Bible is falling apart, it usually means their life is not. Amen? I think we can all know that. And so as we continue to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching in 2021, as, as we do this as individuals, and as we do this as we gather in our large group settings, the Lord is going to do some significant things in 2021. And with that, I'm going to bring Rich up to pray for us, to kick us off in 2021, that we will be a church that is devoted to the apostles' teaching. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are a God who has spoken a God who has revealed himself to us. That we do not have to just wander aimlessly, speculating about who you are, just wondering. But we have a source that we can go to, that we can know you, that we can understand your character and your nature and how we can enter into a relationship with you. So I do pray for this church, for each individual part and for us as a whole, that we would be a people who are devoted to your word. I pray that we would, we, would, we would seek wisdom from your word first before social media, that we would go to your word first when we are discouraged. I pray that your word would shape us. I pray that you would, you would preserve the teaching of this church, that uh, every sermon that is preached from this pulpit, every, every Bible study in a life group, every devotional journey group that comes together, that each and every one of those settings would be a faithful proclamation of your truth that would shape our lives together and that as a people we would not just know about your word but that we would know the God of the word that you would shape our hearts to fall in love with you as you reveal yourself more and more to us so 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 let this church and let this pulpit be a barricade against uh, the lies of the enemy that are constantly coming against us and let us be a place in which the beauty of the gospel and your truth can echo out in all of our lives in the way that we live and in our witness together. So let us be a people devoted to your word, and let us be a people that live in light of what you have accomplished for us to the praise of your glory. Pray in your name. Amen. One thing as Rich was praying, I was reminded of also of, of devoting ourselves to the word is that what, who is the, or what is the first voice you listen to in the morning? When you wake up, is it, is it your Instagram feed? Is it your Facebook or Twitter feed? Is it something on the news, or is it God's Word? Phil McCartney is uh, one of the you know, CU famous football coaches. He said, the first thing that I would do before anything is I would get up and I would meditate on God's Word. That's another thing that we can do just, just individually, each and every day to be devoted to God's Word, is that let this, let His voice be the first voice that we hear in the morning. Secondly, the church, you and I are devoted to ourselves, to the fellowship, or to, to, to community, or live our second principle in the crossing, Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. 
In the first century, this word fellowship was used a lot of times of individuals going into business together and creating a business that they would, they would jointly koinia, they would jointly fellowship, they would be active participants in each other through this business endeavor. They would have equal active partnership in the business. So they too started a fishing business. They were mutually responsible. They took on mutual risk. If something happened, uh, you know, to one of their nets and it, and, it, and it ripped or something, they were both responsible to try and actively pursue to get it fixed and to get it fixed quickly so they can get out to fish. Paul loved this word, koinia, especially in the book of Philippians. And we see that Paul is filled with joy when remembering the partnership, the, the koinia with the church in Philippi. Their partnership in the gospel, he says, from the first day until now. You see, when Paul went on his missionary journeys, it was the Philippians that also resourced them with, with money and with finances, but also with prayer. When, when he was arrested and thrown with jail, it was the Philippian church that sent Epaphras to him to, to serve him while he was in prison to take care of his needs, to send resources. They were actively partnering with him. This is what true fellowship, partnership community looks like. It's where we are together actively using the gifts, the resources that the Lord has given us to serve one another and to serve this church. In Acts 2, verse 44, look at that real quick. It kind of gives us two primary places where the church fellowshiped and partnered, not only, but primarily corporately. It says, and all who believed were together. And it says this in verse 46, and day by day attending temple. That, that would have been like Sunday gatherings. That's what they're doing. That's what we are doing now. That's what the early church did. That would be like the air war, the balcony. When we get together, we go through books of the Bible together to get that uh, big vision, 20,000, 30,000 foot view. We do drill down a little bit, but it gets us all walking on the same path. And so that's why Sunday gatherings are so important. But then it drills down a little bit more into what we call the ground war, where life gets real, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, where we get together in smaller, what's called life groups, what we call life groups. This is our expression of it. In verse 46, it goes on, it says, day by day, attending the temple, it says, and breaking bread in their homes. So they got together in smaller groups, and what we call life groups or journey groups, and then also just informal hangout times. It's where you just get together with the, with the fellas or the gals, and you go and, and you enjoy each other's company. This is what we have built, again, the crossing on. These are our two main pillars. This is why God's Word informs us is that our two main pillars, we want every person in here to be involved in a Sunday gathering and in life group. Sunday gathering, life group. I love, I love just even a little bit more on this life group or the breaking of bread, how one puts it. One put it like this, who has refrigerator rights in your home outside of your family? Who, who can just walk into your home unannounced, no donking on the door, just go to your refrigerator, open it up, grab some food, sit down, start eating. Who's got the refrigerator rights to your home? This is the kind of fellowship and partnership that we are talking about here. It's personal. So how can you and I grow in our fellowship? How can we grow in community? And again, I think we do an outstanding job here. In fact, our church is known outside of these walls as a, as a church that, that does community well. But again, we can always get better, right? We can always get better. So how can, we, how can we be even more devoted to fellowship and partnership? I think the first thing we can do is just in our language. You know, people will say, well, where do you attend church? 
We, we, get our, we, get our, we, we want to get away from attendance language to fellowship language. Because when we talk about attendance, attendance is passive. You, you attend a movie. You attend a concert, right? You, you go attend a restaurant and you're passive. You receive from the individuals around you. So change our, uh, our language from attendance language to fellowship, partnership. Well, I fellowship at the Crossing Church. I partner at the Crossing Church. That, 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 that talks about us being active. We're not passive, we're active. Think of it more as a family meal rather than a restaurant. You see, at a family meal, everyone has buy-in. Just think about the holidays when you had family come over. Everyone has buy-in. Everyone helps out. Everyone participates in, in, in the, the feast, so to speak. You have some that set the table. You have some that run to the store to get that, you know, those eggs that you forgot to get or you didn't get enough or you got to get that bread or you got to get that milk, right? You, you, and everybody, you got, you got some that eat, I mean, some that cook the meal, right? And then everyone eats the meal, amen? And then you got some that do some cleaning up. But that's what, that's what fellowship is. That's what community is, is that we're actively participating in life together. We are not attending at a restaurant. So how can you, how can I increase our fellowship, our involvement? I think, again, I, I just think about um, Lucas up here. Lucas, who was, you know, playing the electric guitar. Lucas and Lily, they joined us from Brazil uh, just as several months ago, uh, this last year. They just, and he's already up actively participating in fellowship. He's, he's using his gifts to bless us by playing the electric guitar. So where can you get even more actively involved in a Sunday gathering, in a life group context? Where can you use your gifts to bless this community? I mean, we have a number of areas. Children's church, you can, you can do the sound booth, you can do the care team, the grounds when it gets nicer, or just host parties at your house, host events. Where, where can you grow? You, when we look at the early church and we talk about devotion, this is how devoted they were. If you guys remember, in, in, in Jewish culture, their Sabbath was Saturday. And when the church was birthed in Acts 2.42 here, their Sabbath was now Sunday. They didn't meet on Saturday anymore. They now met on Sunday. You know what Sunday was? That was the first day of the week. That was like our Monday. So think about it. They were so devoted that when they met on Sunday, they would probably have to go to church at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning before work. Imagine if that was the cost that we were called to do. How many of you guys would show up here at 4 a.m. to worship? Now, I know many of you would because you're, you've been saved by the grace of God and you've been filled by the Holy Spirit. But think about the devotion. That's what it takes. That's what the early church, that's how devoted they were. And again, this is nothing new for you guys here at the crossing. You guys do this well. That's why the crossing is what it is. It's because we are devoted to one another. But again, we want to step up our game. And again... As we, we take a step back and we look at 2020, we need to be devoted to this all the more, right? We need this more and more today than ever. Let me just give you an underscore of this from uh, my life this past week. On Wednesday, that's when we have life group on, on Wednesday. Uh, but in the day, as I was preparing and thinking through, hey, what we're going to do for life group, um, I got three calls throughout the day. I got three calls throughout the day, and they all had one main theme to them. And that one main theme is, is I had three of my good friends die, pass away, no longer with us. Uh, the first was a, a good high school friend, pass away. The second was my, my college baseball coach, 
I mean, you talk about the epitome of a college baseball coach, of a coach, a guy that loved his players on the field, but more importantly, off the field. You guys saw on my Facebook page, he, he was the guy that taught me how to, to be a man, to be a better husband, a father, an athlete, a friend, a leader. Coach Alday was awesome. And then another guy was a guy uh, that I was ministering to for about, for about two and a half years. I would, I would live with him almost every day. We'd have him over to our house. Many of you guys met this guy because he'd come to the cross and get a taste and see. You guys did a good job loving on him. And he killed himself. He committed suicide because he was isolated with no hope. None of them died from COVID. And then on top of that, I've had three other friends die in the past three months. Five of them heavily marked my life as a man. And so you can imagine on Wednesday where my heart was. I was, I was down and out. I was, I was hurting. I was devastated. Three, actually I got two phone calls. And then as we left Life Group, I got the third one. Or the text message via my wife, via someone in the, in the body here. And so we went to, went to Life Group on Wednesday. Man, did I need the body. And they served me well. They loved me. They wept with me. They prayed for me. We dialogued. They held my arms up. It was an incredible, an incredible night. And my, and, my, and my thought was probably one of the best, if not the best life group for me personally that I've ever had. It was the, it was the body being the body, partnering with me in life. It's exactly what I need. It's exactly what you need in particular this day and this time, this season we find ourselves in. And we see that, that community needs to be undergirded by God's Word, the first, the first principle that we talked about. And we need to be devoted to the apostles teaching the Bible in community. So our, again, our, our Sunday gatherings, our life groups, our journey groups, and even when we're just out hanging out, the Word and community go hand in hand. They're like two wings of the, of the same plane two sides of the same coin. Because if you just have community without the Bible Scripture, you don't have a church. You have a social club. And if you just have the Bible, but you don't have any community, you have seminary. And that's not the church either. To be the church, you need both community and the Scriptures together. And so 2021, how can we continually just press into community. With that, we're going to bring Daniel up, and he is going to pray for us. He's going to pray how we can be devoted both individually and corporately to community, to the fellowship. Pray. Father in heaven, we thank you just for the gift of the Christian community. We thank you for your favor and the grace that you've poured out on this church, the crossing, and that... Uh, by your grace, we have been known for the authentic community, the, the life-giving and breathing community. And Lord, as we look forward to the next year, God, we trust you and we plead and we petition all the more. Would you show us more favor with our life groups, with our Sunday gatherings? Lord, I thank you for the example uh, that Aaron has just shared of how the community has rallied around him, how the community has held up his arms, how they have bared this burden, how they have loved him and encouraged him in the gospel. And Lord, I pray that that would increase all the more 
in the little pockets of our church as we meet together throughout the week. Lord, I, I just thank you for how much this church has met in my own heart. And Lord, I thank you just for the variety of people that you have brought to this church and how we have different backgrounds, how we are of different races, how we have different uh, socioeconomic statuses, Lord. But Lord Jesus, you are the one that unites us all. And so God, I pray just that you would remind us of that deep truth, that you would build us up in the faith, but Lord, that that would not be to the end, Lord, that the end goal would be so that we bring praise and glory to your name and that the watching world around us, the outsiders, the non-Christians, the not yet believers in you would see us as a Christian community and that they would notice that there is something different about us and that they would want to know the reason for the hope that we have. And so God, I pray just that you would show us even more grace as our life groups, as our uh, church as a whole bears witness to the gospel in 2021 and for decades to come. We trust you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Daniel. And that takes us to our third point, the church, you and I devoting ourselves to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And again, we will rip through these two, but Acts 2.42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. The, the breaking of bread here is, is, is probably, most commentators believe it's talking about communion. It's talking about communion in the Lord's Supper. Because other places in here, he talks about getting together outside of and enjoying and breaking bread together. Here, it's focused on the Lord's Supper and communion. And, and back then, it looked a little bit different than the way we do it here. Back then, this, this communion, the Lord's Supper, they would, they would celebrate it often, um, but they would do it with a big dinner. It was called the love feast. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 in a little bit more detail. They would, it'd be like us having a big potluck and then having communion along with that. And just on a side note, who's ready for some potlucks in here? Raise your hand. I mean, I'm ready for some potlucks, right? I'm ready for all that beige food to get out, out, out there that we can see. But, 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 but and what, what it did is the reason why they, they, they celebrated around a large meal is because it would, it would communicate to the people of, of God's blessing and His bounty to them with all this great food. So it nourished them physically, but then they, they would top it off spiritually by, by, the, by the Lord's Supper, communion, recognizing God's redemptive work through His Son, Jesus Christ, by, by Jesus giving us His life and His death, His death on the cross that made payment for our sin. So this would be a big, big feast with a big celebration, and they would top it off with the Lord's Supper. Now, we, we celebrate a little bit differently here, uh, and I'm excited to get back to the, uh, the, the old way, so to speak, that we do it with the, the juice and the wine and the bread here. Um, I mean, I'm thankful for the little communion cups, uh, that we can still do this because we do it every week here at the crossing, except for on Christmas uh, and Easter, on Christmas Eve and Easter, we do it every week here because it's such again uh, a, a foundational pillar of the early church to remind us of the good news of the gospel. And so I'm excited that we're going to go back to that and we're not going to to use those cups anymore um, because those things are nasty. Amen. Oh yeah. I have to say this because it is funny. One, one, one lady in here says, man, I feel like I'm eating Jesus' skin. And I'm like, oh, yeah. All right, all right, back to the focus. So we're getting, getting back to the old ways. But anyways, again, the, it's just the thing. It says they were devoted to the communion. That's what we do it every week here, but then also the prayers. 
Also the prayers. They were devoted individually and corporately, formally and informally to prayer. I, lo- I love what Martin Lloyd-Jones says. He says this, prayer is, not, uh, prayer is not only the highest activity of the soul, it's the ultimate test of our own true spiritual condition. Uh, it's the only test of our own true spiritual condition. I have a question. If Jesus just walked through those doors right now, and he says, I'm going to grant every prayer request that was prayed by you in the last week, what would he grant? What would he grant? What would happen? This is why we want to be devoted to prayer, because that's not a, that's not a far-fetched reality. In fact, Jesus, in his word, he, he promises that he will answer our prayers. He will answer our prayers. From the psalmist, to Matthew, to Mark, to Luke, to John, to James, to Paul. It's constantly ask, seek, and knock, and what? I will answer you. Jesus tells us to pray to God the Father. Why? Because He's a good Father. And we, and we just talked about this in Christmas, that good fathers do what? They give good gifts. And so when we pray and ask the Lord for, for things, he, he, he gives good gifts. A lot of times we don't receive good gifts because James says we don't ask good, for good gifts. And we ask with wrong motives. So let's be a people that, that prayer, back to Wednesday night's life group, we, we end most every life group with, with prayer time. And again, this prayer time was just probably one of the most, if not the best, most solid prayer time that we've had in our body. Why? Because we, we go around the room and people are just authentic. They're in community. We're, they're opening up. They're, they're sharing their hearts. And I wasn't the only one that lost loved ones this past Christmas, holiday season. And so we got, to, we got to, to pray and hold up their arms as well. But it doesn't stop there. We just didn't pray on Wednesday nights. We, we take notes and Matt sent them out to our, our group of all the prayer requests that were made so we can be praying for one another every single day. Again, we prayed for, we prayed for loss of loved ones. We prayed for marriages. We prayed for parenting. We prayed for salvation of our kids. We prayed for health, for physical and mental needs. We prayed for a job interview. We prayed for uh, depressions of co-workers. We prayed for ministering to friends that are walking in a difficult community. We prayed for wisdom, for future decisions and directions. And we did this throughout the week. We do this now. So the question is, do you have people devoted praying for you each and every day throughout the week? And are you a person who's devoted to those in your church family, to those in your life group, to your co-workers, your friends and family? Be devoted to prayer 2021. For whatever reason, this is the hardest one probably for all of us. If I took a poll, prayer would probably win as the hardest one. I know it's the hardest one for me. And why is that? It's because it, it just shows our dependency. And we're su- we have such pride in who we are and what we do that, that prayer knocks us to our knees, that, that says we can't do it on our own. We actually are needy people and we need help. And so let's be devoted to prayer. With that, we're going to bring Joey up and he's going to pray for us in our, in our breaking of bread with one another and the prayers. Let's pray. Father, we... Um... We come to you grateful that uh, because you're our creator, because you're our father, you know that uh, as human beings, we, uh, we learn, we remember, um, we mark special uh, things with our whole selves. And so, Father, the fact that you've given us, uh, that Jesus uh, has given us what we call the Lord's Supper, communion, and that it's not just something we think about, it's not just words we say, it's something that involves our whole being. 
uh, that we literally get to taste and see that you are good and, uh, and acknowledge and remember and honor Christ and his sacrifice. Father, I thank you that you've given that to us and that um, that kind of uh, just means that much more to us because of that. Thank you that uh, as a church, the crossing has made that one of our priorities, following your word um, in that way. And Lord, also, we thank you for prayer. We thank you, Lord, that, that, that literally re, even now we have access to you. Because of Christ, because of who he is and what he's done, um, the way was opened, and we can come to you just like we're doing now. And thank you and praise you and bring you our requests and confess. Father, the gift of prayer is something that... Uh, we probably too often take for granted. So Lord, I pray that for, uh, for us as a church, both as a corporate body when we come together like this or in smaller groups, but also individually, that we would um, be devoted to prayer even more so in 2021. Lord, as Aaron said, our dependence on you, our acknowledging that you are a good and loving Father. Father, thank you for prayer. And we pray that empowered by your Holy Spirit, we would be even more a people of prayer this year. And um, in all this, I pray in that name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Joey. <clears throat> so, you know, devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, community, to the Lord's Supper, breaking of bread, and the prayers. Just think about this. If everyone in our body over this next year, these next, whatever, 356 days or how many days are left. Is that right? Is that too many years? That's way too many years, right? Anyways, forget the days. The rest of the year, right? The rest of the year, if we all got better just 1% each week in all these areas, each week, over the next 52 weeks, I know there's 52 weeks in the year, <laughs> that we'd all grow 1% more in our devotion to God's Word and our devotion to community, and our devotion to, to taking and remembering communion, and our devotion to prayers. What, what, what would happen within you? What would be your impact in this church, but also to those in your circles of influence? There would be exponential growth and impact, just like the early church, just like the early church. So I look forward to 2021. Just briefly, let's look at 2020. You know, 2020 didn't go as, as anyone in here planned it, right? Didn't, please raise your hand if you predicted this, right? Yeah, zero, zero percent. The enemy was busy. He was out. He was, he was roaring around like a lion, seeking to devour. And, and we're going to be honest, he's had some success. If you just look at our country now, it's just, he has some success. But here's the good news. The kingdom of God had greater success. And even in the midst of, of you and here at the crossing. Let me just rip off a couple great things. One, we had several baptisms here at the crossing. We've seen people go from death to life. Amen? They've crossed over from death to life. We were part of two church plants. Two church plants. One church plant in Bozeman. Uh, Ashley Denton, who is the, the church plant pastor there. We've been supporting Ashley for the past three plus years here. And we sent him up to, to Bozeman as well as with Mountain View. Uh, Sheridan, Sheridan Bible Church up in Sheridan, Wyoming was planted. Um, Daniel talked about uh, giving. 
we give 5% of the, the money that you give goes into a church planning pot with five other churches here in Colorado. And we put 5%, all of us give 5%, and it, it's for church plants, to resource church plants. And, and through that money, through that money that you've given, they are now playing a church in Sheridan, Wyoming. My, my wife and I, Rita, we got to do what's called church plan assessments. You guys allow us and free us up to do church plan assessments. We've done it with three couples. We've got another one coming down the pike. So we're, we're involved in actively planting churches. And in the midst of 2020, where we got isolated and shut down, we actually, as a network, planted two churches, and you are part of that. Amen? We stepped up our serving game big time. Big time. You guys, you guys got after it. Not physically, by, by, by giving your time, talents, and treasures. We, we, you guys gave thousands upon thousands of dollars to our benevolence fund that blessed many people, some in this room, some outside, that, that, that played bills, that bought food, that, that paid for mortgages and rent. We, we, we teamed up with Serve 6-8 and served hundreds of hundreds of families throughout the year. But the best news out of all this serving is we got to share the gospel over a thousand plus times with those families in need. People heard the gospel. And you know what? We, we, we have people now coming to the Crossing Church that are part of this family that are using their gifts now through these ministries, through us reaching out. Credible, credible testimony. We've had thousands upon thousands of listens online to our sermons across the globe. It's crazy to think that this little church is ministering to people all over this world. The gospel is going forth. And of course, this is probably my favorite out of all these in, in some sense, is that we've had several engagements. We've had several weddings. And as always, several bambinos being born in this bad place. Amen. This is why I'm so pumped for 2021. Because we know, at least I believe, and I believe you believe this as well, that when it's the darkest out there, that's when the gospel shines the brightest. Amen? And over the last, you know, I would say about 12 plus, plus years, it's just been getting darker and darker and darker. And 2020 was the epitome, and it didn't, 2021 didn't start out any better, did it? But this is where we get to step up as the church and be the church. That in the darkest time, this is where the church shines the brightest. This is where you and I shine the brightest. Individually, in our circles of influence, but then also corporately. And this is why I'm, I'm, I am pumped for 2021. We're going to get after it here. The Lord's going to do some things. And the fruit of that we see is in verses 43 through 47. I'll just quickly go through these. The first thing we see is all. If we're devoted to the apostles' teaching like we continually are, we're devoted to community and living life together and serving one another and loving one another and encouraging one another and building one another up. If we're encouraged to, to continue to, to, to acknowledge the, the, that our strength is in the communion, the, the Lord's temple, what Jesus has done in the redemption of his life, death, and resurrection. If we continue to pray for this and, and acknowledge our dependence on the Lord for him to work through us, what's going to happen? Verse 43, and all came upon every soul. All, not like some people go to church and be like, oh, I got to go to church. But like, oh, like amazing things are about to happen when I step into the crossing. Many signs and wonders are going to be done through here. The signs and wonders in the apostles was a special time, but here's the greatest signs and wonders that happen. It's when someone comes to faith. 
All of heaven rejoices when they see a dead person again rise, become alive. When a hard heart becomes a heart of flesh and loves Jesus. And so you know what? I, when, I, when I look at you guys, you know what I see? I see miracles. I see wonders. Why? Because you were once dead and now you're alive. And the same with me. And we're going to see more of that in 2021. It says we have unity and community. Look at verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And verse 45, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. This is what happens in a Holy Spirit-filled, word-centered, gospel-centered church is that, that needs are met. That people sacrifice their resources so that, so that others can, can eat, can live, can, can be served. And just because of our cultural context, i got to address this real quickly. This is not talking about socialism. It has nothing to do with socialism. Because socialism is the government taking your money and spending your money the way they want to spend it. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is Holy Spirit-filled, gospel-centered people see a need. They use their resources to meet the need. That's what's happening here. Gospel generosity is happening here. And then we see gladness, generosity, and growth. Look at verse 46. And day by day, attending the temple, Sunday gatherings, together breaking of bread in their homes, life groups, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the peoples, non-believers, not just believers, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. This is what we're going to see happen if we're devoted, again, to the things that we've been talking about. And again, what's also going to happen is it's not going to let's make us look at each other internal. We're going to serve the needs of the people in this church, but it's going to cause us and force us to look outside our body, outside our church, and turn to a world that's hurting and needs the gospel, that needs Jesus, that needs his church. So let's be a people devoted, focused on, again, all of us, just getting 1% better in all these areas each week, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And watch, the word, and watch the Lord do some incredible things in 2021. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, I am, I am stoked and excited for what you're going to do here in 2021. Just a reminder, Jeremiah, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask, pray for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Lord, this is what we do. This is what we're doing. We are looking back to the ancient paths. And again, we're going back to the early church, the first church, the church in its purest form, a church that was devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the Bible, that was devoted to one another, that was devoted to, again, the Lord's table, that was devoted to the prayers. Lord, they loved God and they loved each other and they loved those who did not know you. May we be a church that exemplifies these principles, these foundations. May we be devoted in 2021 to these things and watch you do incredible things, both individually and corporately. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.